All right, welcome back to the Ship Chasing Minisodes where we walk through our decision process when we are OTC or near being on the clock here. We're about to pick in the eighth round. We are uh, the 8-5 team just picked, and we are at 8-8. So on deck here, guys. And, um, you know, to recap our team so far, uh, Kyler Murray at quarterback, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith at wide receiver, Kyle Pitts at tight end. Is this the time we finally, you know, throw in our, our zero RB towel and grab a running back? Well, you were talking about Singletary, I think, on our last mini-sode, right? And yeah, we didn't really expect him to make it back. We are kind of lamenting that you, – you made a great point that he's a really nice fit for this build. We are kind of lamenting that, like, picking at five, we are sort of shaded very slightly to one side, and his ADP fell right in the middle – uh, you know, where reaching for him at 705 is a little early with the, the other options we had there and probably wouldn't make it to eight away, but he's still sitting there two picks away. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're certainly in contention to throw in that towel. If he makes it back, I'm right with you. I think he is a great fit for this build. Yeah. It's funny it? that we've, well, I'm just enjoying that. Like we've created this sort of extra cliffhanger element to the minis this year because we've been recording them as we're on deck, which is yeah. not, not something we had decided on or anything, but uh, just kind of like making sure we were all around at the same time. It's how it's worked out. But um, yeah, so I, I like Singletary here too. I think uh, what like where we were sitting in the last episode, we we're all assuming that we were going to go. Like, full-blown zero running back. Although, I mean, first running back in the eighth round is still very much a zero <laughs> running back build, but we were thinking maybe, you know, past round nine would be our first running back. But yeah, Singletary coming back, he kind of strikes me as like maybe a little bit similar to, but a better play than Melvin Gordon was last year. Mm. Where like you're kind of playing like get off to a fast start type of play with the running back. But um, I think maybe a higher upside type play just because you know James Cook is, is maybe a more limited prospect than Javante and I don't think it's good of a prospect and then obviously a better offense as well so uh yeah I, I think he's really nice just a guy we're gonna be plugging in like right away uh kind of holding down our RV one spot as we figure stuff out with the with the flyers we're taking later and we are going to have to dodge a couple of bullets to get here. I have the teams pulled up. I do think this team that's about to pick uh, Donkeys Unlimited, uh, pretty nice build here. Kelsey, Barkley, Mike Williams, Jalen Waddle, Darnell Mooney, Miles Sanders, and then gets Lamar Jackson in the seventh. He seems like a kind of a prime candidate to, yeah. to take Singletary. So I'm not going to fall in love too much. I think the big question is if Singletary goes, are there any other running backs here that we would consider some names would be Kareem Hunt, Cordell Patterson, James Cook, or do we then just kind of pivot and keep hammering wide receivers, knowing we're in this, you know, Traylon Burks, um, uh, Sky Moore, Chase Claypool range. And we liked adding that type of a profile, particularly the the Burks or Sky Moore profile to the build after getting Devonta, who feels like I mean. We, Pat, you continue to emphasize last minisode and, and rightly that he does have upside, but feels a little bit more like a, a floor play, whereas Burks and Skymore could just be really big swings. They could just be these home runs. We, you know, don't always know with rookies, obviously, but they sometimes do smash like that. I mean, like the Justin Jeffersons of the world came out of this range yeah. of drafts. Um, yeah, if they're, if they're 
as good as, you know, their profiles would say they have the potential to be, um, they kind of hit their, you know, 75th percentile outcomes. No one's in their way. So they can just completely smash. Yeah. So I, Singletary is the one guy that would get me off of those two for this, you know, this wide receiver room, which could really use that type of player, I think, as a six receiver. I don't think the other running backs get me off there. I made a little joke, super gal break joke in our uh, chat. Pat, I don't know if you've had a chance to read it, but Pete was like really trying hard not to, <laughs> to go too deep into it. But the, if Burrow makes it all the way back, we should just take him too and then get Rondale later and have two super double stacks and just don't even draft running backs at all. <laughs> I was trying to catch up real quick before uh, we jumped on here, and I did. I did skim that. I was like, "Oh man, I, I can't even think about this." I gotta. Well, it it goes back to I do. I know we a lot of us have best ball brains still right now. Like I would, I would be hammering that for best ball, just grabbing oh, yeah, Burrow yeah. being done. Um, but you know, just knowing where we're headed with the zero RB build. Um, we're going to have a ton of rookies, right? Because we are going to be targeting Burks, Sky, Garrett Wilson. We're going to be targeting Rashad White, Isaiah Spiller, all these rookie running backs. Those guys are tough cuts. And then we're going to still need to be churning the bottom end of our roster to find usable running backs. And so I do just think the opportunity cost of you, we can't cut Burrow, right? Yeah. Like we could yeah. go like eight weeks without starting him and, and you still wouldn't feel comfortable cutting him. So I feel like it just puts us in a tough spot. It definitely does. And it- and especially because at this point now, three picks away, we would have to pass up either Singletary, Sky, or Traylon. And I kind of just want to get all those guys. <laughs> like, I'd love to get two of that group. Um, but what- for anyone listening, if they want this crazy idea, I the part of the reason I was thinking about it was the week 15 to 17 shootout, you could play different double stacks each time. And there's it's like best ball a little bit, but you'd have to get it right because you're setting your lineup, but you could have this right. unique – ceiling three week ceiling potential isn't that yeah, Cardinals the old- by week 13 do we I it is check that. so it that is. would be made one slight advantage is for the semi-finals of the league playoffs we would we would have burrow mm-hmm. instead of a you know a worse quarterback but the the only and the only other thing about it too is like there might be an even i mean granted we're once we kind of commit to kyler we're probably just committing to kyler but it also like I don't know. It stings a little bit too. If you use this premium pick on another quarterback and then there's just this insane value, like maybe Justin Fields, you know, wrongly slides yeah. like way down. And it's just like, it really boxes you out of so many things. Yep. Or picking up a good option during the season. You know, like you were right. saying, like we could go one QB for six weeks and then potentially find, you know, let's say Tannehill gets hurt and we can bid on Malik Willis and grab this upside second quarterback and, we just decide we want to go that route, you know, and we have Burks on our team and we're like, this is, you know, this is going to be a great thing for our backup quarterback spot. We can't really do that. If we have Kylan Burrow on our roster all year, we're like deciding right now, none of that all the way through the season can happen, which is not, right. that's not, that's not the optimal move, but it is fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, you know, looking at the ADPs for some of, you know, let, let's assume Singletary goes. Um, and I think we assume like as much as, you know, Kenneth Walker and Cordell Patterson and even Kareem Hunt are kind of interesting that the way we probably want to play this is making sure we get one of Burks or Sky here. Burks's ADP is slightly ahead of Sky, 95.9. Sky Moore is 101.1. And then Claypool right behind him at 101. Point four of that 
trio, do you guys have a, a preference here? Just knowing that ADP wise, Burks is probably the the one least likely to come back to us. I prefer Burks. Um, I think there's a real real chance that maybe he doesn't start this season in two wide receiver sets. Like I don't think some of I don't think like all of this. You know, he's not in shape. Um, concern is like is like total BS. I think maybe there's a little bit to it. That said, we have Jamar Chase T against Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith, and probably another wide receiver in the ninth if uh, you know we were to take Burks in the eighth. Singletary goes. So I don't know, man. Like we wait two weeks to start Burks. Like I'm not that worried about it. I'm also not, I'm also like not worried about him eventually starting. Like he his prospect profile is so so good. Uh, I mean, they also had a massive, like, kind of for 40% of their receiving offense last year. Like, I don't, it's like hard for me to believe that he's not going to be like NFL level shape this year. I don't know. So I'm like, uh, I guess I, I'm kind of like open to the idea that maybe he gets off to a slow start, but I'm still pretty skeptical that he was out of breath in May and June and therefore he'll be a bust. Um, so getting him at this discount is really nice. Uh, you know, like a full round here after London went and uh, just a, a sky high ceiling from his prospect profile, the, the target availability in that offense. And also someone that if he does have a good training camp will rise substantially. So, you know, maybe this is like one of the spots to get him. I think you could make a similar case for Sky as well, that his, his price could rise a lot. But uh, I, I like them both, but I prefer Burks. And I guess I should say, I was saying that Burks has a, a higher likelihood of coming or a less likelihood of coming back to us just kind of based on the ADP and the probability in the command center. I will say like we talk about the FFPC guys being news hounds and you know, they were, I could see them being a group that was reactive to that news report. Even the underdog react uh, drafters were reactive and we've been seeing Burke slide down. So I guess that's kind of a consideration too. Like, could we see a real time flippening, um, I, I guess I haven't seen much current sentiment out there of people being spooked by this. Uh, I guess I just don't have a good feel on it. I, my two cents on that would be that I don't know if I would want to play that because I think, to Pat's point, a first-round receiver with the target availability he has falling to 808, is all, it already feels like we're at that slip. You know, like how much yeah. further can he really go? That's that's a yeah. pretty pessimistic view. If we get something optimistic, there's a lot of space for him to jump up to the sixth round. I mean, mm -hmm. London yeah, went around. This feels like the discount now. Right. Yeah. This feels like the discount of his range. So, I mean, maybe he could fall away to 905. I feel like people have already reacted to enough reports on him where it's worth making the bet at a certain point. And I'm with Pat. I think he's the bet um, in part because, like, as much as we, we love Sky, obviously, but there are some reasonable mouths to feed there, right? There is Kelsey, Juju, MVS. If he hits his ceiling, he might still be competing in, a, in an offense that's like a little bit more spread and has other guys. If Juju bounces back, if MVS has a good year, Travis Kelsey's obviously going to be a big part of that get, that passing game. He could be really good and still be sort of a part of a mix. If Burks is really good, there's no one. I mean, Robert Woods is there, and we know Crack Rock's all over that. But besides that, we got like Austin Hooper and Nick Westbrook at Keene. We got no one else. We got we got Robert Woods. That's what we're worried about. And so, can you imagine if we take Robert Woods again on the Crack Rock draft, and then Burks ends up being the guy? Who needs <laughs> he's such a tough team. God, I don't think Crack. I think Crack Rock. 
will never advocate for Robert Woods again. I, I feel like he was he was more snake bitten by that than anyone. The uh, you know, I do think the other kind of I think consideration. Well, two considerations, like one, a micro within the context of this draft or just kind of looking through some of the 2v2s. And in our Discord chat, I was kind of like posting some running backs and wide receivers that were going to be available at our other rounds in the 9th, 10th, and 11th. Um, And this is also the range where we are going to see a lot of the premium zero RB candidates go um, to the point like even at pick 135, which I believe would be our what, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th round. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at like Kenneth Gainwell and Tyrion Davis price. I mean, guys we're excited about, but like, you can see that the board's starting to dry up there a little bit. So, and the other thing I think about too, that we should probably like reverse engineer our draft a little bit is do we have any other wide receivers going really late that we really like and would want to target? Because then we can start to look at some other two V twos, because one thing I think about in general and when I do a ton of zero RB drafts on underdog is like, sometimes I box myself out of really good wide receiver values because I just like rip seven great wide receivers. And now I have to use that capital on running backs. So I just want to make sure we don't find ourselves in a situation where there's like, Holy shit, we love John Mechie or whatever, but structurally we can't draft him right now. Well, it's not John Mechie. (laughs) (laughs) That was a random example. You mentioned Rondell Moore, and I think, I mean, he fits this build very, very well. We have Marquise. We have Kyler. We didn't get Hopkins, but adding Rondell late onto that stack would be fantastic. Um, I I mean, like, I'm always down to draft KJ Hamler. There's not a ton that in this particular build, like there's not a lot of other Arizona options. I'm not seeing a lot else that I feel like we would have to have – I mean, I don't know who's super late, you know, and he's someone I kind of like Will Fuller for this build as well, because he's either going to like land in a good situation and we're going to all of a sudden have a guy that we feel is like probably a ninth round value or we're going to cut him and we're going to get a pre preseason waiver wire run here. So basically no opportunity cost if we can get him, you know, in the very last rounds. I like that. I, yeah, the only other names I would toss out, one's a little dicier for being a rookie and injured um, and how long we would want to hold Jamison Williams. He would kind of be another big high upside crack. And then a couple of those other rookie wide receivers that go late, Pickens and David Bell, I think would be the other kind of two intriguing names for this build. Yeah, th- I mean, those all make sense. And so the question is then, if we go receiver receiver here, if we got both Burks and Sky, we're up to seven receivers, and we are you know probably using those picks in, in those ranges on additional running backs, potentially running back all the way through. Who knows? You know, just taking a lot of shots on this July draft on you know potential handcuff running backs, maybe finding this year's Daryl Henderson. Who you know? Who knows? Um, but if we're interested in staying open for that. I mean, how many receivers do we want if we're interested in staying open for that seventh receiver? Does that mean that even – I think that pushes me comfortably onto Singletary if he makes it to us. Does that push us into a non-Singletary running back here or in the eighth or ninth? No, I think maybe right. in the ninth it, it would, yeah, perhaps. It. I agree. And, like, looking at the ninth, you know, so that's going to be pick 101. Um, so let's say there's a scenario where – 
you know, we take Burks, uh, let's say, and then let's say like Sky and Chase don't make it back, or maybe maybe just like Chase does, it does look like most likely by ADP would be a Melvin Gordon, Ramondre, or reaching for like a Rashad White. Like that would kind of then be that next pocket. I mean, I know we're all excited about Ramondre. He would be a pretty fun, fun pick that I would think might be available to us, although he continues to get pretty buzzy these days too, so I have no idea. I have such a hard time. I, I'm not quite as excited about him. I have a hard time with the Patriots running back room. I, I you know, I jokingly brought Ty Montgomery a while back, but they did give him four million with some guaranteed money in addition to the James White contract they did, which I just think was so clear. They're like, we want to replace the James White role. They gave it to Brandon Bolden all last year. I have a hard time seeing where Stevenson's role increases this year dramatically on a weekly basis, knowing, I mean, in best ball, I can get it even, but on a weekly basis, knowing when to start him might be really tough with Damian Harris. And then they also had a Pierre strong. who's like a really good prospect. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I, strong might, might kind of get redshirted though. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't love Ramondre as much and managed either. I, I think because we're probably betting on a touchdown primarily when we start Ramondre. Um, and yeah, he could get boxed out of the receiving stuff a little bit. There, it's tough though because there is upside. Like, what if Montgomery's Brandon Bolden, the way Brandon Bolden has been used in the past, not the way he was used last year, which is a special teams player. And then Ramondre is getting some of that James White role. Maybe he's not a full James White guy, but he's getting like enough, and he's like splitting the job with Harris. He also has contingent value because he's a big dude. Like, and he would get a ton of goal line work if Harris were injured. So. I still do like Ramondre. I'm also super excited about Rashad White. Obviously, I'd like, love to get him in the 10th. Ninth is a reach, but I'd be fine with it. I, you know, <laughs> I won't be the one talking inside of that. So, like, just kind of something to think through. So, like I was saying, you know, we we have, like, I, I would say, like, the sweet spot for, like, preferred zero RB targets extends to about our pick. 135 here so this is our eighth round pick is 92 our ninth round pick is 101 10th round pick 116 and then 11th round pick is 135 and so then you can look up here and see i mean this is such an insane stretch here where it's like we would want multiple of these picks where you have rojo Hines, spiller carter henderson all going in this 120 early 120 range then we get gainwell Tyrion davis price like herbert algier James Robinson. And then there's kind of a break to like 146 when you're down in the McKissick. And I'd say, you know, even after um, Algier goes, there's kind of like a, an upside tier break here. And that really means. Do we have a chance of getting any of these guys in the 12? Or are you saying it's, it's done by then? I'm saying it's very unlikely that we're going to be able to get one of these guys in the 12th, just based on current ADP. We might get one of them that slides, but my point was being like, if we go to, wide receivers over these next four, which we are, there's a very good chance we get two of our zero running back targets. And then we're, we have two running back targets and then we're looking at like the JD McKissick, Marlon Mack tier. And so that's, that's just something to kind of think through of like how comfortable we are having our third running back, you know, be that far down in the dumpsters. I mean, it is July. There's dudes down in those dumpsters that I, I mean, Deontay mm -hmm. Foreman, Hassan mm -hmm. Haskins. There's names down here that's like, well, what if what if something happens to those starters? Even like, like the Ernest Johnson, like 
yeah. If Kareem Hunt gets traded. Dearness Johnson's like, you know, yeah, probably 12th, 11th round value. Chris Evans. What if mixing, you Chris know, Evans, hurt, yeah. or we just hear that he's going to play on passing downs, you know? I mean, both the Miami backs are interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and I, I, can, I can definitely both find the Miami backs too. Again, yeah. to the just like, let's, let's burn a couple roster spots before the pre draft, before the preseason waiver wire run. And then, like, maybe we get, you know, preseason information that's like, most shirts running us like a 1A, 1B with Edmonds. You know, yeah. and like we can throw, right. throw Michelle back or vice versa. And we're going to want to cut somebody after the end of the preseason because there's going to be targets to add anyway. Right. And yeah, so right. those types of moves, it's like, okay, that gives us a cut. We'll make a decision on this at the end of August. Right. Yeah. Johnson, I like too, because like he's got a couple, he could get traded. Hunt could get traded. Uh, he could jump a lot. Yeah. And one other thing, I mean, we talk about how much these, these draft rooms in general love running backs and all of the trendy, you know, zero RB guys end up going. We of course see, you know, AJ Dillon and Tony Pollard and all these guys go. There does come a point where some of these teams will finally capitulate and start drafting wide receivers. And the hope is that some of those preferred zero RB targets that we like actually slip, you know, eight, nine picks, similar to what's happening to Singletary now too. So I was just more painting kind of the the worst case scenario, but I do think there's a lot of scenarios, Pat, where like you said, in the 12th, one of those preferred targets fall. And then we're looking at at least, you know, three guys we're pretty excited about their profile. Yeah, and I also could see us going three running backs in the next four. Like, we'd get Singletary here, then we go wide receiver, which I think we would do. I, I think if we get Singletary, I, we're almost 100% take a wide receiver in the ninth. But then we could yes. go running back, running back on the next turn. Yeah. Yeah, right. because because when you look at the names, so the wide receivers at pick 116 in the 10th, there's a chance Garrett Wilson's just on that fringe. If Garrett Wilson fell, yeah. he'd be pretty intriguing. You're also looking at like Tyler Boyd, MBS. Those guys don't really fit the profile of what we're looking for with this build. And then at 135, Rondell's right on that fringe too. So I do agree that there are scenarios where like Wilson goes, Rondell goes, and we are grabbing two running backs. So I think – we all like if, if Singletary were to come, we'd like, and I agree with you, the guy who took Miles Sanders feels like a really good candidate for Singletary. I mean, Miles Sanders and Singletary feel like the same player. Um, <laughs> but if Singletary falls, we all kind of like him as a 1A. If he doesn't yeah. fall, we were kind of pretty comfortable with Burks. If we take Burks, I feel like the conversation we're having right now is if we take Burks and – because I agree with what Pat said. If we take Singletary, it's receiver at nine, almost certainly – but if we take Burks and then Sky falls to nine oh five, we're gonna have to decide whether we want we're both taking Burks and Sky, Sky guys. <laughs> or do we want to go running back there? That's really like what I hear that we're talking about, right? We could we could be looking at Kenneth Walker in the ninth potentially, um, Cordell Patterson in the ninth. I mean that would be pretty interesting, you know. But it, 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 the opportunity cost is is Sky Moore or Chase Claypool. So right, it'd be a tough pick. Yeah, based on ADP, you know, it goes right now Singletary, then Hunt, then Walker, then Cordell Patterson, then James Cook. And I, I do think there's a chance one of those guys falls to us in the ninth um, based on how this stuff goes here on this other side of the board. I think Bitcoin, you know, he, he only has one running back through seven rounds. He took Eli Mitchell. I mean, he's a candidate, I, I'm guessing. Maybe, maybe he likes one of these rookies too, but he's going to for sure take at least one running back. He appears to be 
but maybe he's a little bit more ideological, sim- ideologically similar to us, and he ha- has gone QB tight end so far as well. Yep. You could make a case for him going receiver-receiver to get to six receivers and having Mitchell as his anchor. I think you're right. He probably goes running back, but, I mean, we could be surprised too. Yeah. I mean, it, it is nice that we have – like, who who is your guys' favorite running back of that next um, – of the Kareem Hunt, Kenneth Walker, CPAT, James Cook, that, that uh, foursome there? Where's Kenneth Walker? Is he even – am I missing him in the queue? Did he go? He no, went. no, I just no, – Kenneth Walker? No, you're right. You're right. This is um. This was a naming convention oh. issue with the command center has it as Kenneth Walker, so it's not picking up the Ken Walker. That's oh, my bad. Man. Yeah, he's off the board. Yeah, I'm looking at the queue, yeah. and that's where I was getting confused. I like so, Hunt. Um, yeah. I, I mentioned in the chat that he feels sort of similar to where we were taking him in the fifth and sixth on the same sort of grounds contention based upside probably has a role. Obviously it's a little bit different because Dearness Johnson is on the roster now and showed last year that he's good. But even after Dearness Johnson showed he was good and they got healthy again, they still were pretty much Chubb hunt. Dearness Johnson kind of, you know, was that third back seat guy. I think hunt still has, you know, pretty solid weekly floor in a zero RB build and would still have quite a bit of upside. Maybe not the whole backfield to himself if Chubb got hurt, but, Quite a bit of upside if Chubb got hurt. Uh, and then Cook, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, but to me, it's more in the ninth. And if those receivers are gone, I don't love Cook's profile. And I think I would have a hard time pulling the trigger on him. I think Singletary is probably just better than him. Like Singletary's shown he's good. And, we, and Cook's profile is kind of questionable. And I, I think there should be a bigger gap between those two, kind of. So I'm, I'm comfortable pulling the trigger on Singletary. And correlatedly, I would be have a hard time pulling the trigger on cook against like sky more personally. I think oh, I would I'm, have a really I think hard I'm, time yeah. doing that. I think we're in the same, I think we're in the same boat there. I guess then, yeah, the question is, is there a running back? Say we get boxed out of Singletary here. Is there a running back? We would take over sky more that's available right now. You could talk me into hunt because there are scenarios where he gets traded and that's a big deal because I mean, yeah. Again, it is early July. There are going to be training camp injuries. Kareem Hunt would be like the candidate to get traded to replace a lead back who goes down. Um, where you know, you know, where there's not like an Alexander Madison type already already kind of there. So, especially if there's a big Watson suspension, and the Browns are like, we're kind of putting on this year, then. I mean, I I keep hearing that about Hunt, but I've, I've been kind of like, well, we've been saying that for a couple of years. The Browns might be in a position this year to definitely just be like, we it's time to trade him if they're like, we're starting Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, and this is based on his contract. This is his last year there. They're not looking to extend him. So to that, I mean, if you're the Browns, if Deshaun Watson gets spent indefinitely minimum a year, then why, why wouldn't you be looking to get something in exchange for Kareem Hunt? You already have the earnest. Um one one uh, one thought is what if one of these Cleveland running backs goes to the, the 49ers and then they get Jimmy back? Jesus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a multiverse I don't want to live in. What's going on in Cleveland? <laughs> now, I do, I do like Kareem Hunt, you know, specifically for this build because he gives us 
he checks all the boxes you want from like your first year RB guy, right? Where he's going to give us some floor stability in that, an RRB one slot. And then we know he has massive contingent upside to an injury on a running back on his own team, but then also the outs for a change of scenery as well, where it would be hard for his touch projection not to improve outside of Cleveland. So I I think he's a, he's a pretty fun pick for us. And I, I, I've had the same analysis as Ben, like, on all sites, he was going in the fifth, sixth round last year, and like not that much has changed. Yep. I mean, yeah. there are scenarios where Watson plays this year. I think they're unlikely, but I mean, it's not a 0% chance. So, you know, maybe the change of scenery isn't even necessary. And if yeah, not I don't starting think the QB play impacts the running backs too much. They've been falling. Like Chubb's been falling too. He goes 312 in this draft. Uh, on an auto pick, and I was kind of floating at 305 that I would maybe consider making Chubb our anchor running back because yeah, they have a good offensive line. They have a well-designed yep. run scheme, something Sean talks about a lot with the advanced stats they have over at Rotoviz uh, from SIS is how each of Chubb, Hunt, and Dernish Johnson were great in yards after contact. But like that must there must be some type of correlation there. The way I know he's described it is like probably if it's blocked really well and your first contact is sort of in the second level or, or smaller secondary guys or whatever, that it's easier to gain yards after contact, maybe something like that. It seems a little weird that all three of these guys have been so good or were so good last year in the same offense without giving some credit to the running scheme or the or the blocking or what have you. Um so I don't care as much. I mean, Baker Mayfield wasn't that good at QB last year. I don't care as much if it's Jacoby Brissett under center. It might actually just mean they run a ton, and they're still kind of an effective running game, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I think, I mean, it is it is pretty unlikely Hunt would make it back to us at 9.05. You know, he's third in the just, you know, best available queue right now within the FFPC app. His ADP is... uh is at 81.5 and that pick for us, you know, would be uh what pick would that be? Uh 101. So it's it's pretty it's pretty or sorry, that would be a 92. Um so that's pretty unlikely. Well, so we're talking about Hunt maybe over Sky Moore in the ninth. Yeah. What if Singletary goes? Is there any argument for Hunt over Burks here? You guys have me pretty sold on Burks being a legit discount right now to where I, I, and he's just like the perfect pick for this kind of zero RB build, like the biggest home run cut you can make in the eighth round at a wide receiver. I just don't know if I'd want to give that up. I'm with you, but I figured we should talk about it. Yeah, I'm. I'm in agreement on that too. I'm like excited, like when, with the way Pete just summarized that. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I, I'm sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, but I think I think we're in a good spot. Like Singletary, if he falls, like we're getting a really good value on him ADP wise. He gets us off to a fast start. He could. It's like the best offense in football. There's really I have very few holes to poke in Singletary at this price and. You know, in that scenario, I still think there's a decent chance we're able to get one of Burks or Sky in the night. You know, maybe a 60% chance we get one of those guys, which is still a pretty good, yeah, good crack at it. Yeah. Sky's enough of a backstop to 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 hope, you know. 
to take and like Claypool's there too. Claypool's there yeah. too. And do you guys really? I mean, on uh, I guess on underdog, Garrett Wilson is starting to slip, and I don't really know why. But like, do you guys view? I, I guess I don't view like Garrett Wilson even like that differently as far as an upside scenario. As Sky, is that is that bad? No, it's not bad. I don't think it's bad. I mean, he's a better prospect than Sky Moore. I I love Sky Moore's prospect, but like, I don't know. It's one thing. It's a little weird with the like Sky Moore, according to the Athletic, is like Juju's backup right now. Right. So I, some of it feels like like expectations of you know like everyone's kind of freaking out about um, Burks. Like, oh no, what if he's not a starter right now ahead of Westbrook Akine? It's like okay, but he will he will start at Burkina because he's fucking terrible. So like we don't need to freak out. But like Sky Moore is, he definitely has a he needs to be better than Burks does to earn yeah. significant playing time. If he is better, he could his ceiling is awesome. But like he's not going to get handed anything. I don't think. Um, I like the bet because I, I think he's good. But Wilson, but Garrett Wilson is he's he was he a tenth overall stuff. pick. Yeah. What's gonna what's super funny is right after the draft, if you go back to May, like Wilson was going ahead of Sky Moore. Sky Moore got steamed. Maybe we get blamed for that a little bit. Maybe that's yeah, fair. We're all trying but to what's gonna happen, this. what's gonna happen is Garrett Wilson's gonna hit early. And then people are gonna be on Twitter mocking <laughs> us for right. steaming Sky Moore above Garrett Wilson. And ever since Sky Moore's got got above Garrett Wilson, we've been like, guys, this is weird. Like, why is Sky Moore going ahead of Garrett Wilson, the 10th overall pick? Like, I just want it on the record that right now we are saying Garrett Wilson should not be this far behind Sky Moore when we get mocked for it later for being the reason that happened. What, which was will be appropriate because we, we are involved. <laughs> but, yeah, I think Garrett Wilson is an awesome, awesome pick. Uh, I mean, even in the ninth, he's a great pick. If he gets back to us in the 10th, it's just kind of silly. I think he like, – I'm worried about Elijah Moore's routes because I think Garrett Wilson is going to be starting on the outside. And then it comes down to, like, what do they do between Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, if I'm right about that. So, uh, yeah, in terms of, like, getting on the field right away, Garrett Wilson is, like, a much stronger bet than Sky Moore, I think. It's it's just comes down to, like, then once he does, he's playing with Zach Wilson instead of Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I get I get why people are preferring Sky Moore right now, but Wilson, but People I are taking Elijah Moore really high, and, and we're comfortable taking Elijah Moore high because we're comfortable saying, well, Zach Wilson could could grow. I'm not taking the Garrett Wilson price right does not make sense. Does not make yeah. sense. It doesn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm hammering Wilson right now, and, and I'm not taking a ton of more because it feels to me like that gap has to close. Like it could close to where they're within like maybe a round of each other. Like yeah, I don't know. We'll see how training camp goes, but but Wilson's really good, and I think he's going to make some noise. Yeah. I agree. Um, I feel like we're in a good spot um, as far as how we want to play. It's it's Singletary. If not Singletary, then Burks, right? And then coming back, it's consider Hunt. If Hunt's not there, um, we're pretty into Sky or even maybe just locking in Garrett Wilson if we don't love. Like if we're staring at Melvin Gordon and Ramondre as the other, I, I don't mind even reaching for Garrett Wilson over those yeah. guys and then just just uh, going he green. He fills a lot that. of what we were just talking about with, with Burks. Yeah, build Garrett Wilson. I mean, so I'd be good with that too. I would yep. probably be Sky and then maybe hope to get Wilson as well. But um, yeah, you guys can talk into Wilson for sure. 
Um, all right. Well, this is uh, a classic mini-sode where we give you 35 minutes uh, where our mini-sodes start to be like the length of most podcasts. Uh, but we will be back, may- maybe not in the ninth if we've uh, talked everything through, but uh, for sure in the uh, in the 10th round. So we'll see you guys next time here on the Ship Chasing Mini-sodes. Peace. <laughs>